You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, you have finally made it to the end of Penn State's offseason. We are now a little more than 24 hours away from the start of the 2020 Penn State football season, and we are excited to talk about it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. I'm your host of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, Kevin McGuire, and today is Friday, October 23rd, 2020, Football Friday, and today's episode is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, and right now, all you need is to get through the rest of today, your Friday, and then you are on the first official game day of the Penn State football season as Penn State kicks off Saturday afternoon, 3.30 p.m. on FS1 against the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, Not only the season opener for both teams, but of course, the Big Ten opener. And today we will share some final thoughts and a prediction for the game. And we, of course, will also run down everything else that's happening around the Big Ten and around the top 25 going into week eight of the college football season, week one of the Big Ten football season. If you enjoy this content and you want to make sure you never miss a single episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcasting app right now so you are subscribed and we will send these episodes to you as soon as they become available. And of course, if you also want to help us out a little bit more, leave a rating, leave a review, let us know what you think about the show and your feedback does help promote the show and help the show grow across those various podcasting platforms. Of course, you can also reach out to us on all of our social media feeds and you're definitely going to want to do that on any Penn State Saturday when there is a game being played. The best way to stay connected with us and interact with us is probably going to be through Twitter at Locked On Nittany, but also check out our Facebook page, our Twitter account, our Instagram account, and our Twitch page, all using the username Locked On Nittany. And if you're listening to this early enough, Friday afternoon, today at 4 o'clock Eastern, hop on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany and join me for a little bit of a happy valley, happy hour, just kind of a fun little video stream to kind of just sit back, relax talk about the upcoming weekend talk about the fact that Penn State is starting if you have any questions we'll try to address them as well should be fun and we're going to try and make that a regular thing moving forward but now we have lots of stuff to get into in today's episode and we have a short time to do it so let's go ahead and get today's episode underway I suppose I should start today's episode by first apologizing for not having an episode out for you on Thursday. This week has been crazy busy as we're getting ready for the start of the season. And don't worry, we will fulfill our commitment of five podcasts this week. I'm just going to use our post-game show that we will be streaming live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash LockedOnNittany. After the the game ends on Saturday afternoon, we're going to rip the audio from that, piece that together for a little post-game podcast for you with immediate reaction, instant reaction analysis, and quick thoughts from the game. And then of course on Monday, we'll do our typical recap Monday with a little bit more of a thorough time to think about it and reflect on it uh, approach to our recap. So yeah, we will have more content for you this week. We'll make up for not having that episode for you on Thursday, but hopefully you went back and you listened to our interview with Jack Grossman from Wednesday. You checked out our video simulation using NCAA football 14 and you saw how poorly that went for Penn State. We're trying to give you a couple different ways to get some content 
for you in addition to just the, the podcast. So we're trying to, a whole bunch of new things this season. Hopefully you have seen some of those experiments already underway. And of course, like I just said, we're going to be doing a live Friday afternoon Facebook chat with you as well. So uh, it's gonna might be a little bit rough tomorrow or later today, but hopefully you will be able to uh, join that and participate in that moving forward as we try to refine it as we move along. So yeah, so apologies for not having that episode yesterday. It's been a crazy busy week as we're getting the season started, but I'm looking forward to it. And we're not going to let that happen again, uh, certainly next week, because we have a lot of stuff lined up for you next week as Penn State gets ready to take on Ohio State. But I do also want to address the elephant in the room. This podcast does typically talk solely about Penn State football. As you know, we will branch out into some of the other sports topics from time to time. Uh, we've mentioned hockey, we've mentioned basketball, and of course yesterday, or you know, yesterday as I'm recording this on Wednesday, there was some major news with the Penn State men's basketball program with Pat Chambers resigning from his position as head coach. I will say we're not going to dive too heavily into that. Obviously, I just wanted to address that because it is a pretty big newsworthy story. But you don't come to me for Penn State basketball analysis, and I'm not going to pretend to know a whole lot about what I'm talking about. There are plenty of other great resources to get that Penn State hoops info. David Jones from PennLive.com. Uh, ben Jones from StateCollege.com does a terrific job. Uh, you can also check out all, all the, some of the blogs out there. Black Shoe Diaries, of course. Roar Lions Roar always does a great job uh, covering all the angles from other Penn State programs in addition to football. I mean, these everybody that I just mentioned does a terrific job covering the, the football team as well. Uh, uh, but I'm just saying it's a it's a interesting development with the Penn State men's basketball team. Obviously, with uh, Pat Chambers uh, resigning amid investigation, amid uh, controversy, uh, you know, obviously uh, the decision was made, and Penn State leaders do feel like it was the right decision being made. So we will turn a corner. We'll obviously keep an eye on that. We'll kind of monitor it as we move forward, and we'll mention it from time to time. But I do want to focus today largely on Penn State football season starting on Saturday. Of course, as I've mentioned multiple times, not only already in this episode, but throughout the week, Penn State is going to kick off the season Saturday afternoon, 3.30 p.m. on FS1. Hopefully you get that. And of course, they're going to be taking on a very dangerous Indiana team. I've got a couple of thoughts on that game coming up in our next segment, but I want to continue with a couple of quick news and notes real quick leading into that game. First and foremost, the depth chart has been released. And of course, the first thing that you'll notice is obviously there's no Journey Brown. We talked about that already, where he's potentially going to miss the season due to an undisclosed health issue, although it's not necessarily confirmed that he will be out for the season. And if you've seen the video message that he put out there, he does seem like he is in good spirits. Obviously, he has a lot of good things to say about his teammates at the running back position. I do too. I think the running back position is still going to be a strength for Penn State. Obviously, Hurts not having Journey Brown, but looking at the depth chart, you kind of see that there's still some good talent there able to run the football. As long as they all stay healthy, uh, this Penn State running game should still be a strong asset for them this season. More of them in just a moment. But it will be interesting to see what the status of Journey Brown is. You know, if whatever he's going through uh, ends up getting better and he is medically cleared at any point in time, will he come back for the season? I don't know. That's obviously a decision that's best left in his hands and only his hands. And hopefully he will make whatever the best decision is for him moving forward. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on that. If there are any developments about him potentially returning to the field, obviously that would be a tremendous boost for this Penn State offense. But again, we don't want to see anybody risk any of their health if they don't really need to do that. So we'll obviously wish Journey Brown the best in whatever he is doing and whatever his plan is. Uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on that moving forward. 
But if you look at the depth chart, you see that Noah Kane will be the starting running back for Penn State. That was sort of to be expected. He had been coming into the season most likely as the second guy uh, who was still going to be playing a pretty big role, I think, in this Penn State running game moving forward. I, th I do think Journey Brown was going to get the bulk of the carries, but Noah Kane was... Uh, I guess a complimentary back, but I even feel like that's uh, reducing the impact he could potentially have. So I do feel comfortable in seeing Noah Kane, Noah Kane uh, come back as long as he's healthy and ready to go for a full season. Uh, he's going to be able to carry the load for Penn State far more often than you're going to need. So I think that that's a good spot to be in, all things considered. And of course, Devin Ford uh, appearing on the second team. And then you see the third team, Kazai Holmes or Kevon Lee. I think we've all seen now the highlight of Kazai Holmes that Penn State has compared to Saquon Barkley in a practice. Uh, obviously, some huge potential there. But yeah, the Penn State running game should still be a very strong asset for them. And that's something that they should exploit this weekend against Indiana. I think if you're going to create an advantage uh, against a lot of teams that you're going to face this year, running the football is certainly going to be one of the strong ones that Penn State can rely on. Uh, and other uh, real quick uh, note from the, the depth chart, uh, the wide receiver position, wide receiver X, Camp Sullivan Brown getting the starting nod, Parker Washington getting the starting nod also at another position in the wide receiver core. So uh, I guess those are, it looks like they're cemented as starters. They're not listed as or this or this player. So that's a, obviously a noteworthy development as we have talked about all along. This wide receiver position needs to step up. If Penn State's going to have success in getting to that next hurdle, they're going to need some big play out of the wide receivers. So we'll see what these guys can do right out of the gate against Indiana. It should be a pretty good defensive matchup for Penn State. I think it's one that's going to throw them a lot of uh, challenges early on, and let's see how they handle it. But I think uh, this Penn State offense is going to be really fun to watch. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Kirk Shiroka does. Shiroka, Shiroka, I keep messing up that name every time I say it. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with the offensive weapons that he has at his hands. And it should be a pretty good year for Penn State. Looking forward to seeing it all get started against Indiana. But hang in there because I've got a couple thoughts that I want to share about this upcoming Indiana game. Uh, some of them I've said before, some of them I'm going to say for the first time, but I want to know what you guys have to say about it as well. well. As I said earlier in the episode, there was no podcast for you on Thursday because I was so busy this week. I had a lot of commitments. I was doing this thing. I was doing that thing. Radio interviews, podcast interviews, writing assignments, working extra hours at the day job, uh, getting ready for my wife's birthday. Lots of things going on this week. And of course, leading up to the start of the Penn State football season. So on Saturday afternoon, I plan on sitting back and taking a moment to chill. And what better way to chill than watching Penn State football with a remote in one hand and a nice, cool, refreshing Coors Light in the other. That's right, Coors Light. It's the official beer of watching any sport just to drink a beer because you deserve a chance to just sit back, relax, and chill. When you feel like life is just on the go, nonstop, 24-7, you need to take a break, especially this year of all years. You need to take some time for yourself relax and treat yourself and there's no better way to treat yourself on saturday watching football than with Coors light it's literally made to chill and if you're out of stock in your fridge right now don't worry you don't even have to go to store to replenish your supply all you have to do is go to get.coorslight.com and the folks from the Coors brewing company in golden colorado will send you their Coors light and you're going to be stocked up ready to go at any moment's notice so the Coors brewing company in golden colorado invites you to celebrate responsibly as big 10 football returns this weekend. Remember to go to get.coorslight.com and get the Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. But if you are going to head out the door and make your own beer run, make sure your car or truck is ready to go at any moment's notice by making sure it is up to date with all of its maintenance. And if you need to buy anything for your car, you make sure you go to rockauto.com and make sure you have all the parts you need 
for your car or truck. That's right, rockauto.com. They're the family business that has been serving customers online for all their auto supplies needs for 20 years. There's a reason why they've been in this business for as long as they have. It's because they have a quick and easy, convenient website that'll help you out along the way. It doesn't matter if you're a pro or a complete novice like me. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com, you enter the make and model of your car or truck, and it brings you up the entire catalog of all the parts they have available for your vehicle. And I'm gonna give you a little pro tip, okay? Go to rockauto.com and enter your car and make a model. Make sure you bring up that catalog. And then once you do, make sure you bookmark that website. That way you've got a quick, easy access to all the parts you ever need right from your browser or on your phone. Doesn't matter where you are. The Rock Auto catalog for your car specifically is available to you at any moment's notice. So the best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always going to be reliably low and the same price for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I know it saved me a bundle on some wipers a while back and I usually go to a box store to get the wipers, but I checked the prices on Rock Auto and I saved myself a good amount of money. Wipers aren't all expensive to begin with, but when you can save a few more dollars here and there, it never hurts. And that stuff adds up in savings quite quickly. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Don't forget to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Every now and then I hear a certain sports radio host in the Philadelphia area tell callers that call into a show that are worried about something happening to the Eagles or the Sixers. He always says, if you're scared, get a dog. Well, I've got a dog, so I'm not all that scared to begin with, although my dog can be pretty scared herself uh, the moment I drop something in the kitchen. But besides the point, I get the idea, okay? There's no reason to be scared when it comes to sports. And I understand you can have concerns, you can have some questions about what to expect out of your team. And I think now that Penn State is opening up their 2020 season after a long delay, and it looked like we weren't going to have it at one point, and now we do. Now it's time to embrace the opportunity that presents itself. And the opportunity that Penn State has this week is to start 1-0 on what could be a very good Big Ten championship caliber season. Obviously, a lot of that is going to be determined by what happens next week against Ohio State, but we'll talk about that game in plenty detail next week. Right now, it's all about the Indiana Hoosiers. And if you know James Franklin, I'm sure you do, you know that all of his focus and his energy is being placed on beating Indiana this upcoming week. And I've said on multiple occasions on this podcast, on other podcasts like the Locked On Big Ten podcast, and I've said it in radio interviews, this is a tough spot for Penn State to open this season in particular for a number of reasons. Take a look at what has happened around the country as teams get on the field for the first time. And outside of Clemson and Alabama, you're seeing some shakiness. You're seeing some discomfort. You're seeing some sloppy play. You're seeing some teams that seem like they're uh, going into a season that has been wrecked by the pandemic with no spring football practices and a very bizarre offseason. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because we're going into a season that's been wrecked by a pandemic with very shortened spring seasons, if any at all, and of course, a disrupted off-season schedule. So not everybody is going to be on the same page. And that's particularly concerning, I think, for any team that has a lot of new coordinators and new assistant coaches, which coincidentally is exactly the situation that Penn State is in. Now, I still have faith in this coaching staff. I really like the pieces that James Franklin has brought in to replace coaches that went elsewhere, like Ricky Vani taking over at Old Dominion and, and taking some assistance with him. I think that Penn State did a pretty good job assembling a coaching staff 
certainly on the offensive side of the football. I think this is going to be a really good offensive staff. There's a lot of potential here that Penn State has accumulated as far as their offensive talent and mindset going into the season. They do have players that they can work with. You know, they don't have Journey Brown. They do have a question mark at wide receiver. But they have a veteran, solid quarterback who can do some damage running the football as well as throwing the football. And I think he's going to have some more confidence this season. I think that's going to be a big key for Sean Clifford. I've discussed it before. Uh, I don't think we're going to see him get too amped up in certain road situations as we saw at times last year. And I don't think that that's going to be something that's going to be as much of a headache uh, for Penn State's chances to do something big this year. I think Sean Clifford is in a good spot. He's got good coaches around him, and he's got a good, he's got a good mindset. Two-year captain now for Penn State, and there's a reason for that. It's because his players, his coaches all admire and respect him and his leadership. And you're going to see that carry on. I think Sean Clifford, uh, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback out there in the country, but he is certainly well-equipped in all the areas that Penn State's going to need him to be in order to take care of business this season. Now, this Indiana defense, I don't really know exactly what to expect out of them. I, I do think that Penn State should have advantages on both sides of the football, both offense and defense. It uh, doesn't matter what unit is on the field. Penn State should have the upper hand. However, this Indiana offense should be pretty good. <laughs> this is going to be a pretty entertaining Indiana team this year, and they traditionally have played better it seems when they are at home in Bloomington uh, I think Tom Allen has done a good job of uh, building a foundation and setting the bar high for where Indiana wants to be I know they are coming off one of their more successful seasons than they've had in quite some time probably since that 1993 team the first year that Penn State played in the Big Ten back when they had 11 teams in the conference by the way, I love that old school 11-team Big Ten logo, but that's another story for another day. But this is an Indiana team that is going into this year with confidence. They know that they can be a good team. They know that they can win some of these games. They know that they can play on the same field as a team like Penn State. Take a look at that line on this game this weekend. It hasn't moved a whole lot. It's been floating right around six points, six and a half, seven, uh, down to six, you know, whatever that number is. That seems like it has been staying there all week long. I'm not sure if I'm surprised it hasn't moved because I do feel as though it's right on target for what we could see play out this year or this week, I should say. You know, here's the thing. I, I do think that this is a bad spot for Penn State to open the season. I would feel much more comfortable about this game if it were being played at home, even though there's no fans in the stands. I, I get that, but you know, I still feel like playing at home is an advantage in just about every situation you can think of. You don't have to go on the road. You still get to go through your normal routine at home. Uh, I, I think there is an advantage still to playing at home. But this Indiana team, I think, is going to be pretty dangerous this year. They could catch somebody. They could catch a Michigan. They could catch Penn State. Um, I don't know if they're going to challenge Ohio State. But I do think that this is an Indiana team that's going to win some games once again this year. I don't think last year was a fluke. I think this is a good Indiana offense. And this Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback, he's going to be a player that's going to drive Penn State's defense crazy sometimes because he's got white he's got wide receivers uh, and they may not be able to run the football as well as Penn State and that's probably going to be the area where Penn State can create the biggest advantage running the football grinding things out grinding drives out wearing down that defensive line for Indiana and on the other side Penn State's defense has to be strong up front and the good news is they're pretty strong up front <laughs> they've got a good defensive line they've got good linebackers they can get around the edges they can cause some panic if they can contain michael panics and prevent him from making some big plays happen extending plays with his feet penn state's going to be in a really good spot 
and I, the more I, we get closer to this game, the more comfortable I am saying, or I am in saying, that Penn State's going to win this game, and they're going to win this game by double digits. My final score prediction is Penn State 34, Indiana 23. So I think Penn State and Indiana hang around each other for a good amount of time. I think Indiana gives Penn State a real good battle in, in the first half. I think this is one of those games where Indiana could very well lead at halftime. And people are going to be pushing panic buttons. And then you're going to see second half Penn State come and arrive on the scene and finally take care of business. I think it's that kind of game. I think Indiana is not to be messed with. I think that these Hoosiers are going to start the season very strong. I look at them almost like the Miami Marlins. I'm not saying that because... Um, you know, Indiana is like a team that could take advantage of everything that's been going on this year. This is a crazy year, right? A crazy season, crazy things can happen. Indiana probably scores a couple uh, sleeper wins along the way and sneaks their way into Big Ten title contention. I'm not saying they're quite like that, like the Marlins got into the playoffs this year. Uh, but I do think that this is an Indiana team that's going to embrace every opportunity they have in front of them. And certainly when they're playing at home, they're going to be playing with a lot of confidence. But I do think that even though Indiana is going to give Penn State a valiant effort in that first half, maybe well into the third quarter. I think at some point, Penn State is going to start making some plays. They're going to break some big runs. They're going to break the hearts a little bit, wear down that defense of Indiana that has fought so hard up until that point. And then Penn State's depth is going to carry them to a victory here. And they not only cover, but they start to pull away. And they're going to win this game 34 to 23. So you got a nice little 11-point victory. Offense makes some plays. Defense makes some adjustments. And you're going to feel a little bit better about Penn State's chances going into next week with a 1-0 record going into that big game, the colossal game, against the Ohio State University Buckeyes. But let's not take Indiana for granted. Indiana's going to have a good year. Indiana's going to be a fun team to watch grow this year, as we talked about with Jack Roseman the other day in our sit-down interview with him, uh, who covers uh, Indiana for the Crimson Coverage podcast and ESPN Louisville. Go back and listen to that. Get his thoughts on Indiana. But you're hearing it from me right now. Penn State 34, Indiana 23. In our third and final segment, I will give you a quick rundown of everything else happening around the Big Ten. And, of course, the top 25 in our Football Friday Rundown. Oh man, I have been waiting for this one. Our first Football Friday rundown, including the Big Ten and the Mountain West Conference. Hit that music. That's right, folks. The Big Ten is back, and it begins tonight, Friday night, over on Big Ten Network, 8 p.m. Eastern, with number 14, Wisconsin, hosting Illinois. You'll remember, Illinois pulled the big upset of the Badgers last season, a week before Wisconsin was supposed to be taking on Ohio State in a matchup of two undefeated Big Ten teams. So Wisconsin has a little bit of a revenge factor riding on it. They've got a quarterback question with Jack Cohn out potentially for the season, but we'll see. But Graham Mertz probably going to step in and be the leading quarterback for Wisconsin, as I suspect it was going to be the case for quite some time. Now this could be his opportunity. Of course, you know Wisconsin's going to run the football. You know they're going to play some solid defense. I do think that Wisconsin's in a pretty good spot going into the season, unless there's some shakiness, as we've seen and discussed before. But Wisconsin, a big favorite, 19.5 points, as I'm seeing it right now. I think Wisconsin has no problem taking care of the Illini in their first Big Ten game of the 2020 season. 
The action continues Saturday afternoon. The big noon kickoff, number five Ohio State hosting the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Ohio State, a big favorite, 26 points. You kind of expected that to be the case. I think Ohio State's going to go on a tear this year. I think they're going to beat up pretty much everybody in their path. I said pretty much everybody. Just calm down, everybody. But I do think that Ohio State is going to be looking to send a little bit of a message to the college football world, to the rest of the Big Ten with their first game of the season at home against a Nebraska team that could potentially be a wild card in that Big Ten West, but I don't see any wild cards or aces up their sleeve this weekend against Ohio State. I think Justin Fields and company are just going to be too dominant from start to finish. I think Ohio State handles Nebraska easily, easily covering that 26-point spread. I'd like Ohio State to win big in their first game of the season. And, of course, also in the noon slot, not, not quite big noon kickoff, Rutgers, Greg Schiano 2.0, taking over at Rutgers, taking on Mel Tucker and Michigan State in the first matchup of the season for both those teams. That'll be at 12 o'clock on Big Ten Network. I don't really have a whole lot to say here. I don't know which way I'm leaning on this one, although I would not be surprised if Rutgers gets out of East Lansing with a win. I think the smart money is obviously still to stick with Michigan State here, but I, I would not be uh, real surprised if Rutgers managed to sneak out of there with a win. Of course, also at 3.30 p.m., aside from Penn State, Indiana, if you want to flip to a, another Big Ten game in action, there's a pretty good one going on over on the Big Ten Network with Iowa visiting Purdue. Rondell Moore is back, but no Jeff Brom for the Boilermakers. He tested positive for COVID-19 at the beginning of the week. He's not going to be coaching this weekend. His brother, Brian Brom, will be taking over the play-calling duties. I don't think a whole lot's going to change with Purdue, but I also don't think a whole lot's going to change with Iowa. I think Iowa's going to do what works best for them. It looks like they might have some wide receivers. If you listen to our buddies over at Locked on Hawkeyes, uh, they're pretty high on the wide receiver play from Iowa. So it's going to be a fun matchup. I like Iowa. I think Iowa's going to be a pretty good team this year. Obviously, Penn State will see them a little bit later on if you want to scout the Iowa Hawkeyes out a little bit early on. Uh, Iowa, a three-point favorite. I like them to cover that moving on. In the primetime slot, we got 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Number 18, Michigan. Visiting number 21, Minnesota. This line surprises me a little bit. Michigan has been a pretty solid three-point favorite on the road against the Gophers this weekend. I think the wrong team is favored here. I really think that this Minnesota team was not a fluke last year. We obviously saw them against Penn State, but I do think uh, Tanner Morgan coming back at quarterback, Rashad Bateman opting back into the season, puts Minnesota in a really good spot here. They've got consistency. They've got the offensive weapons. Uh, they're going to be a pretty tough team once again in that Big Ten West. Michigan, again, going to have some issues, going to have some questions going into the season, as they typically do, but I am pretty optimistic about the potential for their quarterback situation. I'm not going to say it's a solved yet. But Joe Milton could potentially be the best quarterback that Jim Harbaugh has had to work with in Ann Arbor since he became the head coach of Michigan. And you know what? Better later than ever, I guess, for Jim Harbaugh. But, you know, I've said before, if, you don't, if you're sleeping on Michigan, that's probably unwise. This is a good program. They've got a lot of talent. They play a certain style that may not allow them to take another step forward, but it's still going to be a team that's going to give a lot of problems um, on the defensive line, offensive line, a lot of matchup problems in the line of, of scrimmage, I think, against most teams. Minnesota could potentially be one of those teams. I do think that Michigan's stronger. I do think that Michigan's deeper than a lot of people are giving them credit for, and I think that they're going to be out to make a little bit of a statement of their own. I just don't like the spot. It's kind of like Penn State at Indiana. I think Michigan opening the year at Minnesota is a terrible spot for Michigan, and especially this Michigan team. I would feel better about their chances, once again, if they were at home, but I like Minnesota. 
rowing their boats on the frozen lakes of Minnesota. It's going to be 33 degrees there. They could have some snowflakes in the game. What better way to open up the Big Ten football season? Well, there's one other game on the Big Ten schedule. Maryland visiting Northwestern. Uh, it's also going to be on the Big Ten Network at 7.30 p.m. So if you're watching that Michigan-Minnesota game in the commercial break, uh, pop open a Coors Light, chill out a little bit, and then make sure you head over to the Big Ten Network to watch Maryland take on Northwestern. I think Northwestern is going to be a much improved team this year. Peyton Ramsey is going to fix a lot of issues they had at the quarterback position, provide that stability, provide that Big Ten experience. I think Northwestern gets the win this weekend. Uh, they're an 11-point favorite against Maryland. I like Maryland against that spread. But I do like Northwestern straight up to get that win. So there you have it. Northwestern, Minnesota, Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin are my Big Ten winners this week. What about the rest of the top 25 that is in action? Yeah, there's still a lot of college football going on this weekend, folks. And we'll run through these games real quick. Chronological order. Number one, Clemson at noon hosting Syracuse. Clemson is a 46-point favorite. And the only question I have is, what spread is too big where you're going to finally go against Clemson. Clemson is very capable of covering a 46-point spread against the Syracuse team. I'm tempted to say Syracuse plus 46, and let's see what happens. I, I, I'm really thinking I'm going to go Syracuse plus 46 here. Clemson's probably going to make me look like a fool doing so, but I think that Syracuse can cover a 46-point spread against this Clemson team. Uh, I'm probably going to be flat out wrong on that. But either way, obviously, I'm taking Clemson to win that game. Elsewhere in the ACC at noon Eastern on ESPN, number 14, North Carolina, hosting NC State. NC State's having a really good year so far. They're 4-1 overall, obviously 4-1 in the ACC. And then the Tar Heels, 3-1 overall and 3-1 in the ACC. Coming off their first loss of the season, a very disappointing performance against Florida State. That was a little bit of a statement game opportunity for Florida State to say, hey, we're not going to be uh, doormats for too many teams. <laughs> uh, but I do think that no this North Carolina team is too good. They're going to bounce back, and they'll uh, they'll be in fine condition. They're a 15.5-point favorite against the Wolfpack, the rivals from NC State in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, this game in Chapel Hill, of course, and North Carolina is going to be just fine. Sam Howell, I think, is going to have another uh, solid performance. I, I still think there's room for improvement there, which is kind of weird because he has been pretty good, but I think this is going to be one of those big number games for Sam Howell against the Wolfpack as the North Carolina Tar Heels bounce back. Let's move over to the Big 12, also at noon Eastern on FS1. Number 20, Kansas State hosting Kansas. I'm not going to waste your time too much on this one. Kansas State is a 19.5 point favorite. I definitely like them to win this game. I don't think Kansas uh, sniffs a prayer of winning too many games in the Big 12. This is certainly not going to be one of them. One of those teams that beat Kansas earlier this year, Coastal Carolina, popping in at the number 25 spot in the latest AP poll with a 4-0 start, 2-0 in the Sun Belt. They have looked like the team to beat in the Sun Belt Conference. I did not think I was going to be saying that this year, but they have certainly gone on the field and proven it. Now, they're going to take on a pretty good test in conference play this weekend at home against Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern off to a 3-1 start overall, 1-1 in the Sun Belt. Coastal Carolina, 5.5-point favorite. I like them at home. I like them to cover. I think they keep it going. How high in the rankings can Coastal Carolina get? Can they sneak into the New Year's Six Bowl conversation at the end of the year? Might be a little bit getting ahead of ourselves there, but this Coastal Carolina team is having some fun. And if you get a chance to watch them, if you have not already, do so. Another group of five team that's been fun to watch, Marshall, number 22 in the country, 4-0 overall, 2-0 in Conference USA, taking on a Florida Atlantic team that's only playing their second game of the season this year. Uh, Marshall is a 16.5 point favorite. Uh, again, I think Marshall beats up on the Florida Atlantic Owls. I think Marshall is a very strong contender in that conference USA. If you haven't watched them already, uh, do so. Do yourself a favor. Watch them. They are a fun team to watch. That's going to be at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. 
I uh, don't have the TV information for that, so it might be an ESPN3 situation. I don't know for sure, but you might want to check your listings just to be sure. Let's move into the 3.30 time slot. We've got some good ones here. Number two, Alabama on the road against Tennessee. Alabama, 21.5 point favorite. I like them to easily, easily cover that spread. I don't think Tennessee stands a chance. I felt good about felt good about the direction of Tennessee just a couple weeks ago. And then they run into a wall against Georgia. Then they get blasted at home last week by Kentucky. If Kentucky can outdo them, what, what 34-7? I can't hesitate to think that Alabama is going to do even more damage on the balls. This is a rivalry game. Alabama is not going to be going into a little bit of a letdown performance after a big win against Georgia. This Alabama team is on a mission. Tennessee doesn't stand a chance of holding up their end of the bargain against Alabama. I think Alabama wins this one in a landslide in Knoxville. Also at 3.30 on ABC, number three, Notre Dame. Well, they're not going to be three for long. As long as Ohio State's on the field, I think we're going to see a ranking no matter what happens on the road uh, in Western PA against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates. Pittsburgh Panthers. I'm in baseball mode for some reason. Uh, Pitt started off the season looking pretty good, and then they've dropped a few games. They're 3-3 three and three overall, 2-3 and three in the ACC. They really can't afford another loss, and this just looks like one of those recipes for a Pitt surprise victory against a team that's highly ranked uh, that really will fool some people into thinking that Pitt is on the right track, but I do think that this is a pretty interesting game because Notre Dame's offense has not looked all that great, especially last week against the Louisville defense that hasn't been able to stop anybody, and Pitt has a defense, so I'll be very curious to see how Notre Dame adjusts this weekend. Uh, you know, I still think Notre Dame wins this game, but it's certainly going to be an ugly game, and I think that's the way that Pitt wants to do it. If Pitt's going to stand a chance here. They have to get scrappy against Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is a 10-point favorite. I like Pitt and that line, uh, we'll see if that one blows up in my face as well. Uh, 3.30 p.m. on Fox, Iowa State, number 17, visiting number 6, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State obviously has had their season disrupted to a COVID-19 situation. Iowa State's been a little bit more in rhythm, but coming off a of bye week. Oklahoma State is the team to beat, I guess, right now in the Big 12, and I think Iowa State is equipped to handle it. As long as they keep it close, I think Brock Purdy can make some plays here. I do like Oklahoma State to win the game, but I like Iowa State to give them a real good run for the money. It's a small spread, three and a half points. I probably lean towards Oklahoma State, but I'm going to say Iowa State covers, but I Oklahoma State gets the win. I think we're talking one two-point game here, and I think uh, Oklahoma State moves to 4-0, remains the only unbeaten team in the Big 12. Penn State, of course, will be playing at 3.30. How about the team that they could have been playing this season? Number 19, Virginia Tech, also on at 3.30 p.m. If you get ESPN3, they'll be taking on Wake Forest. Virginia Tech a nine-point favorite. Virginia Tech's looked pretty good this year. It's almost a shame that, well, it is a shame that we missed out on a Penn State-Virginia Tech game because that's looking like a pretty good team uh, down in Blacksburg right now. Uh, Virginia Tech, I think, is going to take care of business once again this weekend against Wake Forest. We'll move into the primetime slot. We already covered Michigan-Minnesota. How about Virginia hosting or visiting number 11, Miami? Uh, Miami obviously had that setback a couple weeks ago against Clemson. They turned it back up. They took care of business last week against Pitt. And I think they're going to do so once again this weekend against Virginia. Virginia has been struggling this year. Uh, Miami, I think, is the real deal as far as a legitimate ACC contender. Obviously not quite on the same bar as Clemson as we saw. But I think of all the other teams in the ACC, Miami's a pretty good one right now. And I think they are probably the second best team in the ACC uh, I'm including Notre Dame and North Carolina in the conversation. I really think Miami is legitimately that good within the ACC below Clemson. I think Miami takes care of business this weekend 
against Virginia. 12 and a half point favorite. I take Miami all the way on that one in Saturday night's action on the ACC network. I don't get the ACC network, so I'll miss out on this game. So you guys will have to keep me posted or I'll check the live tweets and the, the live scoreboard updates. Uh, we also have Cincinnati visiting SMU at 9 o'clock on ESPN2. I have them on record. I say SMU wins this one going away. SMU is a two and a half point favorite. I take that all day, every day. SMU is going to roll against Cincinnati. And last game, stay up late for this one, 10-15 Eastern on ESPN. Number 12, BYU hosting Texas State. BYU a 28 and a half point favorite. Again, there's no counting out BYU this year. I think BYU is going to go undefeated. So obviously I like them to win this game against Texas State. And I, Texas State, I should say. And I do think that they're going to cover that spread. I think BYU crushes Texas State. Similar to that Navy game, they're just too big, too strong, too physical. There's no way that Texas State is going to keep up with BYU. So there you have it. Your Football Friday rundown of all the Big Ten action, all the top 25 action. You've got my picks. I'm on record. I think Penn State wins this weekend 34-23 to against the Indiana Hoosiers. And, of course, I like Ohio State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and some of the other Big Ten games, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Folks, Big Ten football is back. Penn State is back. You've earned a chance to sit back, relax, and chill, or pop over to Coors Light, and enjoy some Penn State football this weekend. We'll be back to recap all the action, of course, on Monday. We will also have our post-game live stream over on Twitch once the Penn State game is over and I'm done with any other obligations I may have at the same time. So make sure you check out our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash LockedOnNittany. Of course, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast for ongoing Penn State coverage and commentary by subscribing on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Let us know how we're doing. You can also follow us on all of our social media feeds, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. I'm almost out of breath, but make sure you follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And don't forget to check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash McGuire. Folks, I'm going to leave you with these final words of encouragement. You made it. You've earned a chance to just sit back, relax, watch some Penn State football this weekend. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. Enjoy your first dose of Penn State football this year. And I look forward to discussing it with you over the weekend. And, of course, again on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Be responsible. And let's reconvene on Monday with a 1-0 Penn State team. I think that's what's going to happen. Let me know your predictions as well. Have a great weekend, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye.